Good evening, Mike. Uh, nice, nice talking to you. I see that you're alive and well. Yes. Uh, no face masks. Yes. Good to talk to you, Tony. We're alive uh, and well in South Bend, Indiana, uh, where the uh, measures are being imposed uh, after the coronavirus has pretty much swept through the population. So the measures are unnecessary. They were never as draconian in Indiana as they were in Michigan, which is the state just north of here. Uh, and uh, I just had a, a long conversation with a priest friend of mine who is in Cambridge, Massachusetts, uh, which is probably the intellectual center of the United States of America. Harvard University is there. Uh, MIT is there. And uh, the place is completely paralyzed with fear. Cambridge in America. Uh, there, if you go out on the street without a face mask on, you can get a $300 fine. So the situation in the United States is completely different depending on where you are. And uh, he and I were trying to discuss this. What, how does this, what is the real reason? What's the real grammar here about why some people are reacting and some people are underreacting or overreacting. And I think that uh, Michigan would be a good place to start because uh, Michigan has a feminist, uh, pro-abortion feminist, who is the governor, but more importantly, the attorney general who's in charge of enforcing the law there is a Jewish lesbian. And it turns out that wherever you have a lesbian or something like this, you have draconian control. The control of the lockdown is much worse. And I was, we were talking about this, and the question is, well, why would this be the case? And it's because these people do not believe in nature. Uh, they, they, they are in rebellion against nature. Their whole identity is rejection of nature when it comes to sexuality. And what we're seeing here is that... Uh, this, vi this virus acts according to nature, even if it's weaponized. And I believe it was weaponized, but it has to, it is what it is. It's a virus. And it has to act like a virus, even if it's been weaponized. And so on the one hand, you have the virus going through the population and people will get sick and most people will not get sick and you develop herd immunity on the one hand. The other hand is that the main defense against this is your immune system, which is the human nature, the biological nature of the human being, which basically uh, prevents you from succumbing to these diseases. Well, if you're a lesbian, you don't believe in nature outside of your body. You don't believe in nature inside of your body. And so, therefore, you're paralyzed with fear. And when you're paralyzed with fear, and especially if you're a politician, you feel you've got to act and everything depends on you. So recently they had the attorney general lecturing Donald Trump, who showed up at the Ford plant in Detroit and lecturing, saying that he, he, he's showing lack of moral responsibility because he didn't wear a face mask. This is the situation uh, so far in America. Well, in so tell me now about the situation in Croatia. In Croatia, we are very close to Italy. You have, uh, from where I live, to Venice, you have maybe two-hour drive. So Italy was really bad, you know. The, the news uh, coming in were 
like military disposing the corpses. It was like uh, some really frightening news. So I guess at first out of fear, uh, there was a pretty, pretty severe lockdown. Uh, then when the numbers showed... When that, was that? Tell me, when, when did that begin? Uh, it, it began, uh, it began um, before, before Easter. It began somewhere uh, late March, I guess. Okay. Late March. As soon as we got this, 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 this news from Italy about the big number, huge number of, of deceased, and uh, and uh, hospitals overflowed. Uh, the government here, I guess, panicked, or, or everybody was afraid. And it was also a draconian lockdown here. Uh, it was uh, it was like uh, we were not allowed to travel from one from one municipality to another. Uh, schools were were closed immediately. Uh, it was taken very seriously the first two weeks. And then it was enforced uh, enforced in the cities, but in the countryside, in small towns, there were <laughs> not enough manpower to enforce all these measures, so the situation was more relaxed. But in the cities, the it was, I guess, like in, in, in Italy or in, in Germany or wherever. Uh, the people were confined to the homes, religious services were, were uh, shut off. And everybody was afraid. We had this. We had this. This uh, this panel of experts uh, called civil protection here that were managing basically a state and and running the the day to day operations and decision making of the entire population. Uh, what was what what really surprised me uh, was the was the, let's say the the bishop conference here. Uh, Croatia is, is uh, at least theoretically or statistically a very Catholic country. So a huge majority of the people are Catholic, at least formally. <clears throat> and it was, it was very easy. So the, the, it, the, the ease that, that, uh, that we gave, gave, gave our right for, for religious services was amazing. It was just overnight, no questions asked, and almost a full compliance. Uh, and but it was also so that meant no no masses at all, no masses at all. Yeah, no masses at all. I mean, we have we have some uh, uh, state state-run channel, state-run TV channels, like the the Brits have the BBC. We have here some kind of a creation version, and the masses the masses will every day. Uh, even in Sunday, multiple times a day, broadcast. But it's—I mean—it's not a mess. It's just—it's just—it's just a broadcasting. But it, what what was amazing, it also amazing was also the way it fell apart very quickly. Uh, all it took was one rebellious priest in split, basically, to to break down to, to break down the narrative. Uh, so the, the priest we are talking about is called Josip Delash. He's an elderly gentleman and his parish is called Sirobuya in Split. Uh, so basically he was the disobedient priest. He held the mass on the Palm Sunday. And he Palm Sunday? Yeah, that's right. 
Okay. And he refused okay, to order so the So that's early on. That's early on. That's here. very early on, yes. It basically it's basically the second mass, I think, that was technically banned. Okay. The mass before that was banned and the mass before that was like limited. I don't know I know because just before Palm Sunday, uh, that's a holy, what do you call it? Uh, it's uh, one, uh, usually the, 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 the children uh, aged around uh, 12 For get this confirmation sacrament. Confirmation? Confirmation? Yeah, right. So confirm the big confirmations were, were, uh, were rescheduled, but the messes were, were ongoing. So it was some kind of uh, half closure. But uh, the Sunday before Palm Mass, it was basically the ban. There were no masses held. And already at Palm Sunday, uh, this priest refused to close the, the church door. Because the priests were giving Mass, uh, but behind the closed door. The, the directive was to lock the door of the church half an hour before the Mass, so the people cannot attend. But the priests were basically alone in the churches giving mass to, to nobody. So the guy uh, refused to lock the door, opened the door and said that he was he's not locking the church and who wants can come, the, the people that want can come. Uh, of course the local the local journalists <laughs> smelled blood and uh, you had uh, you had maybe some two dozen two dozen uh, parish uh, members in attendance of the Palm Sunday Mass. 2,000? No, no, no. 2,000. 2,000. 2,000. 2,000. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Like 24 people or something like that. Uh, and you have local journalists uh, filming it and and seeing seeing here a big uh, big happening or some uh, smelling big, I mean, big news. Uh, they filmed it and they called the cops. So two policemen arrive on the spot and uh, so they, they come in front of the church and they just stand there together with the, with the journalists. And so they, they press the guys, well, why, why don't you can come in, come on, do, I mean, enforce the law. And they say, oh, they were just regular, I guess, officers and they refused to interrupt the service. They say, okay, we'll talk with the priest, but with the mess it's over. So it kind of, kind of enraged uh, the the media because you had before in some big cities you have some examples of people being uh, being dispersed and told to go home, not allowed to walk dogs, uh, not allowed to go in the walks in the park. So it was kind of a, uh, it, it went into the narrative. Well, why cannot we walk dogs and you now go in the yeah. parks? And this so guy, same, same thing here. Same thing here. You basically have, uh, you know, uh, abortion clinics are open, but uh, you're not allowed to go to church. Yeah. And, and this starts the contradiction becomes apparent to people. Yeah. Uh, and they get they get angry because the rules seem to be irrational. That's right. That's right. And they 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 basically wanted wanted to wanted the priest to be to be kind of <laughs> some kind of an example. They wanted the police to arrest the guy and and to and so everybody could see these these backward priests uh, endangering the lives and stuff, uh, but the priest did not uh, was not scared. You know, he he stood his uh, he stood his ground, 
and basically he answered all the journalist questions. So it's he's an so elderly this is, gentleman. This is, this is in split. This is in split. That's right. This is in split. It's a and this is split. one of the biggest. This is one of the biggest cities in Croatia, right? That's right. It's, it's a coastal city, but it's not the main parish. It's one of many parishes in split. It's okay. called Sirobuja. It's uh, it's not one of the historic churches, but it's a more modern church in let's say uh, more more recent uh, more recent part of Split. Okay, so uh, what what the, what the priest did? He did not he did not back down. Uh, I don't know. I doubt that he's following you, but actually, what what he said, he repeated your argument. If the if the shopping centers, I mean, if the supermarkets can be open, why cannot the church? It makes no sense. And also, he he drew an example that our government is holding sessions. And nobody uh, objects to that. Why, why cannot uh, people come into the church? They still can maintain the distance of two meters. I don't know, spray the hands, whatever. Uh, so he was basically not denying the, the virus. And he was not, uh, let's say, against the measures usually took at the supermarket. But he was against the church closure. <clears throat> so it already was difficult. Uh, I mean difficult position to to argue rationally and it was the police was hesitant uh, because let's say split is a conservative uh, conservative town uh, they still respect the priest the priesthood and the the police was was easier than than it usually is they wasn't they, they were not willing to go hard on the priest so he they he was basically tolerated but the media wanted blood, so they they kept pressing. There was articles coming are this, after. Are the these lo is this local media or national media? It was started as a local media, but it was very soon picked up by by private uh, national media. The the, the private national media uh, took the charge. You have maybe three or four big big media houses that are, that are privately owned, and they they led the charge against the priest. Was this all just Croatia, or were other countries involved? Uh, I saw a report on Al Jazeera, uh, but I did not check very much. But it was all around, all over Croatian media. Okay. Yeah. So basically, they, the, the let's say the journalists wanted <laughs> wanted blood here, and they uh, they were uh, trying to ambush the priest all the time. So, uh, so the there was a detective. The <laughs> now it was it was getting getting national. Uh, it attracted all kinds all kinds of people that were against the government or, or against the government policies. So we saw at the church some people that you never expect to see at the church. For example, some some football fans. In, in their teens, dressed like hooligans, coming to the church and giving support to the priest, chanting some, some football songs and stuff like that. Uh, there was a big... Uh, the guy, the priest, was coming overnight, some kind of a internet personality. There was a lot of cheering because, because he was some kind of a symbol of resistance to this event that's... that's not only not only religious people, but also some non-religious people uh, thought as as something irrational and something constructed. 
Uh, so it was, an, expre- was an, ex- an expression of Croatian nationalism at this point? He became a kind of national hero? Uh, well, he did. In, 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 uh, <laughs> he appealed to the, to the, he appealed to religion, uh, to the, to the need and the, and the duty to, to, to hold the mass and to give respect to God. But he also accused the police of, uh, of let's say, of uh, of the new uh, of repressing of of oppression because in the very old days uh, priesthood was oppressed in the former state, and you have some old people still remembering it. So he said, "Ah, they're oppressing us again. It's all the the old socialist police and." So it was. It was a mixture. It was a mixture. Like, like Stepinats, like what happened to Cardinal Stepinats. Yeah, that's right. You had on, on YouTube and on the internet, you have some people already calling him. Ah, he's a new martyr. He's a new creation, Stepinats, and stuff. So the, the situation was beginning to be to be politicized. Yes. He if started... you if you had to if you had to put Croatia on a spectrum between, let's say, Poland. On the one hand, Poland, Hungary, like a strong Catholic, traditionally Catholic country, and let's say Ireland at the other extreme, where they they have been sort of conquered, where the traditional faith has not really uh, done well. Where where would you put Croatia between, let's say Poland and Ireland? Well, the the Hungary. I don't see Hungarians as pious as Poles. Hungarians are more nationalist in their in their. Right. Okay, well, let's say Poland. Take okay. Poland then. If Poland is 10 and Ireland is 1, I would say Croatia is maybe 7 or something like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's it's not it's not not as pious as uh, <laughs> as this looks like, but there are there are some outbursts of unexpected uh, let's say conviction conviction uh, such as uh, this big uh, we had we had almost a spontaneous uh, uh, what you say movement uh, some some kind of a popular movement uh, that was uh, like a popular vote to ban the the homosexual marriage. I think it's the only only example in Europe that that some that some initiative managed to managed to, to, to gather enough uh, enough uh, signatures to ban homosexual marriage. I think, I think So do you think this 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 Polish this I'm sorry, this uh, priest uh, resistance did it reawaken some religious feeling on the part of the Croatian people? Yeah. Or religious national feeling as well? Well both. It was it's a mixture. Uh, both religious and religious national. And you also have politics involved here, because the the, the ruling party that's now in power it's a centre-right party, and their voting body is mostly elderly people that tend to be more conservative, and this priest was also at the age of the of the average voter of the of the party in power, and he also appealed to all these past times when the when the priesthood was oppressed. And people saw it some kind of, as a, some kind of replay, and uh, you have this, uh, and also this this virus narrative did not ring a bell with a lot of people. There was a lot of skepticism 
uh, with the virus, uh, the origin of the virus, or with, or, with the, or with the way the government is dealing with it. So it was kind of a conglomerate of all these things together. Uh, and and also the feeling that the media wants the blood here and the media that the media is pushing the the police apparatus uh, on the priest i would say that it was the case how, so how does how does the church react how does the did the bishop react <laughs> well the bishop apologized right and left the bishop said oh yeah yeah we fully support the covid-19 uh, policy we don't go to church uh, we, 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 uh, I mean, we sent a letter to the to the priest, and we so we are sorry. We apologize. That the usual stuff, that, I guess, uh, that the bishops do these days. And let's say the pinnacle of this uh, of this uh, happening was when uh, when a detective in plain clothes uh, came at the priest, and he was trying to to talk him to like. Uh, to talk him out, to, uh, to talk him into quitting his his uh, rebellious attitude, and then the priest uh, uh, fired back and he said, "Oh God, <laughs> I, I invoke you to punish him because <laughs> because of his stances." It was where, where did this take place? Where did this exchange take place? It it uh, it take it took place at the door of the church. I thought that the police officer got in. But actually, the the priest got out, and it was in front of the church on the church. So this was this was not during mass. Uh, yeah, this this was after the mass. This was I I took I, I looked the picture. It was I guess after the mass. Okay, yeah. this was this was a police officer. Yes, it was a detective in plain clothes, surrounded by okay. police officers. Did he did he threaten to arrest him? Uh, he was trying to pursue to uh, to. Um, uh, to to explain to the priest that what he's doing is dangerous for the health for the people and that he's uh, he's breaking the law and that he's giving the wrong example and he's doing the bad stuff and the priest said well you're you're here the traitor you're against the, the people you're against god oh god punish him and stuff like that and he uh, the priest attacked him as being uh, like a former uh, let's say socialist police that this was oppressive to the priests so anti-god and anti-creation and stuff it was all filmed and it was all broadcast it was all uh, streamed on the internet and also all the all the main uh, publishing houses like uh, republished this this clip so what was the reaction the people's reaction well the re the people's reaction <laughs> i mean uh, the reaction of the bishop was, uh, they just, they just threw their hands and say, okay, we c there's nothing we can do. He's just, uh, he's just like any other citizen in front of the law. So basically, they, they throw the ball back to the to the authorities, to the police, to deal with the priest. They, they said they they're they're exhausted. They're pastoral, <laughs> they're pastoral, uh, let's say options. And that's that's up to the government to do what what they they, they see fit. Uh, so the priest was charged for threatening a police officer. He was not arrested. He's he was a free man, but he'll have to come in front of the judge and answer his his charge of threatening a police officer. 
but it was so uh, he hasn't had his trial yet he's going to be uh, when will the trial be i don't know the, i don't know the detail but in croatia it takes some time maybe a couple of months before the trial will be but uh, from other similar examples uh, he maybe will get some some fine or some uh, some probation or something like that uh, so basically it was a very politically charged uh, charged an emotionally charged uh, situation uh, that was about to escalate for Easter, where you have maybe a couple of dozen policemen and a couple of dozen journalists in front of the church. Uh, so the, the, the elections were scheduled for this summer. And this was something that the, let's say, the center-right government could not, could not afford. It was the at this point, this, this, this priest became a hero of the, let's say, of the right wing that was more on the right of the ruling center-right party. And it's also, he was also a hero of the, of the, let's say, of the religious and of the, of the skeptics at the same time. So it was, it was some critical mass and the decision was made not to go on with this and that the religious services will be permitted. So we have next Sunday after Easter, uh, the churches reopened. We had, uh, there, were some, there were some guidelines. Uh, you have to only you know, three people sitting in, in, in one row. Uh, there was no, no uh, holy water, no, no kiss of peace, but the masses were going. And that was began when after Easter, just the uh, Sunday after Easter, yes. Sunday this, after Easter. Yeah. Has there been any reaction since that time? Yeah, but well, in other words, people... in, in Germany, uh, something similar happened in Germany. The uh, the people just marched out onto the street in, in Berlin, for example. There were protests all across Germany, and then Angela Merkel simply backed down. Uh, she just backed down. They arrested the woman who organized it, but basically they backed down and uh, lifted the lockdown. But then the second part was that uh, they said there was a spike in coronavirus infections because they lifted the lockdown. So it was kind of like a, a counterattack after they did what, what the people wanted. Was there uh, any type of uh, counterattack this time? Was there uh, reporting that there was now a spike in coronavirus infections because they had uh, allowed people to go to mass? There was required, it was a request of the people that wanted this, this lockdown to, to endure. It was a request to do more testings. Like, let, let's test everybody because we have to be sure. But there was a reaction uh, from, from, let's say, from the doctors of all places. They said, wait a minute, we are not, uh, we are not into, into statistics. We are, we are physicians here. We won't be throwing tests and money. We'll just, when somebody is ill and has symptoms, we'll test him and cure him. We won't, going, we won't be going around doing random tests on people. So this, this initiative of, of some increased testing like failed. And uh, this being an, uh, an election year, very close to election, it also contributed. And I think, honestly, that the government ran out of money because you have this, you have this big social program uh, for, 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 every, for the employers, from the people that employ 
workers. If they don't fire workers, uh, you get some grant from the government for three months. So it's a huge amount of money that was uh, that was given into the economy, and I don't think that that the government that <laughs> the state would survive economically much longer. It just had to reopen. We don't have the luxury of printing our own money. Uh, right, right. We are we are here a part. We are just a small country in the in the in Europe, so we are we have here tight maneuvering space, and we are dependent on tourism and the touristic sector. So it 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 was a com it was a combination of things: a resentment, uh, a fear of losing elections, and and the lack of funds, lack of money. So what is the status right now? Is everything open now in Croatia? Yeah, yeah, it's open. Uh, the schools are opening Monday. Uh, this will be the fourth Sunday that we are allowed to go to mass. And basically, it's it, it's 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 unwinding so fast. It's like <laughs> it's almost like people are embarrassed of all this this episode and want to forget it as quick as possible. So how about the, are the beaches open? Yeah, the beaches are open. It's still it's still, so everything... it's still cold, but but you can go and swim if you want. Okay, so everything's open. Everything's back to normal in Croatia. Yeah, only weddings and funerals are technically forbidden, and the large gatherings of people. But again, uh, only in big cities you actually have the manpower to enforce all this, all these prohibitions. And if there's going to be a counterattack, has that time passed, or do you think there will be a counterattack? Do you think they'll start saying uh, uh, this caused a spike in infections and try and lock down again, or is that impossible? I don't think. I think it's impossible. First of all, not a lot of people died in Croatia. We have only, I think, less than 100 people dying infected with coronavirus. All of them had some had some pre-existing condition. And most of them were very old, so it's this. This this seemed uh, these measures seemed excessive in the start. Uh, How do you explain the difference between Croatia and Italy? I really don't know. I was seeing, I saw an Italian uh, uh, guy that's that's Italian professor that is an advisor. Uh, into the to the Italian health ministry uh, that basically you have all, already uh, some let's say some some critics uh, started to to badmouth Italians like oh their hygiene is not right they can do anything right and so the guy was provoked and he says oh no no only twelve percent of the of the deaths reported are caused by the virus. And all of the other died just with the virus, something like that. Yeah. So. So you think the numbers were overreported in Italy? Well, according to this professor, to this Italian professor, yes. We also had one member of Italian Parliament yelling in the Parliament that these, these, that the numbers are cooked and that it's too much, and that, and his thesis, I think, it was that Italy is basically preparing itself to get some grant of the European Union as the hardest hit nation or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have what, all what, kinds what, of information. 
What do you think this is uh, uh, shows the the unity of the Croatian people, or did it create the, the uh, unity by by trying to impose this this lockdown? Was it was there a unity there to begin with? Did it make it better? Did people suddenly realize that they had power as Croatians to go press for the end of the lockdown? I think that the that the consciousness changed. At the beginning, everybody was afraid and was everybody took the news at face value. And then after some time, especially after, after religious services were allowed overnight, you saw some people that really bought the narrative. Like question, I'm kind of like, wait a minute, we were all going to die and now they're allowing people to go into the church. And now a month ago it was lockdown, now, people, now kids are going to school. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So I think the reaction is something like an embarrassment and, and, and a desire to forget it as soon as possible. So the, ch the church played a leadership role in changing the consciousness then? Well, not the church. One priest did. One priest, yeah. But it was all it took, all, <laughs> all that was necessary to, to, to break down the the religious services ban was one rebellious priest and he did not he did not back down when he got uh, when he got charged uh, he put his notice of being charged on the church door and he was not afraid to answer the the journalists i mean uh, he was a bit, he he's a bit old guy and a bit let's say retro but he was not afraid. He stood his ground. He even when when they said, "Oh, you're against Pope Francis. You're disobeying your 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 bishop. You're against the local authorities." And he said, "Oh, I don't I don't mind being shot, giving mass. Just come on." He, so it's some kind of a very rebellious and and hot-blooded spirit, and it's he got massive support overnight. He was something like. Uh, like a heroic figure staying, standing up to the... Well, the movement, the movement had a leader. He became the leader of a movement. You can't have a movement without a leader. And, yeah. the, and the church simply didn't provide that leadership in other countries. Yeah. I think that, I think that every, the, the, the lockdown is strong wherever the church is weak. I mean, Ireland and England are a classic example of, of what I'm talking about. They have full lockdown still in England and Ireland. It's as if nothing has happened there. Uh, other places, the same thing you'd say about the United States, uh, where there, what do you want to call it, secularism, where atheism is strong, the lockdown is strong, where you have this kind of uh, religious, the religious sections of the country are the first to want to uh, end the lockdown. It seems to me that's the pattern that's emerging here. Yes, you also have some kind of a urban versus rural uh, the urban the urban centers tend to be more more pressured and taking it more seriously as on, uh, on the other side more rural or small small towns and villages that are like functioning in a different world i mean there's no there's no cops to to enforce it on in some small place or some small village but in these big cities there are so you have but the movement, it's it's not it's not some kind of, a, of an organized movement that you can identify. It's basically like 
like rising of consciousness, like people not not finding it reasonable or or finding it persuasive, and just uh, standing behind the priest. And this was the mainstream media that were uh, telling the story, right? Yeah, what the mainstream media was telling, uh, they were scourging the priest. <laughs> they were, they were. The priest was riding the media wave as a main villain. He was a right. responsible backward guy that was endangering lives, spreading the viruses. He will be responsible for the death, but the people just did not bite it. I mean, some did, but, but, uh, but this big portion of the population did not bought it, and uh, the politicians saw it. They have a very good instinct of, of uh, taking the, the popular pulse, and they knew that if this goes on, the, the elections will be lost. There is no chance that this this elderly, let's say, more conservative people will be on their side uh, at the polls in the summer when they will be electing a new government. Yeah. So yeah. what happened now, one of the hot topics in Croatian politics is the shops working on Sunday. This is like uh, one of the topics uh, here uh, debated in our local politics. And you have this, let's say, more conservative, more conservative pro-church options uh, wanting to to ban the shops working on Sunday, and you have also the more liberal or the more left uh, option uh, saying, no, no, we have to be modern, we are touristic, we have to work Sundays. So we don't. The shops are closed now at Sundays, but it's not because of the of the Sunday service. It's because Sunday is now disinfection day. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically what they did, they they used this corona narrative to close the shops on Sundays. My guess is to gain some points on out of their voting block to to get some one of their of their agendas uh, imposed because of the corona. So there yeah. you go. So now we have so this, Sunday is disinfection day. But the shops are closed on Sunday, so there you go. Yeah. But that's the ruling party right now who who did that. Yeah, that's the ruling party that depends Did they the, ever say anything about the priest during this controversy? Did the ruling party ever say anything about the priest? Uh yeah, you have these general statements like everybody is equal under the law. Uh, you should abide the the law. His priest is uh, his priest is telling so. Pope Francis is telling so. You had all this generalization, but nobody dared to attack to go after him personally to say his name and surname and say what he's doing is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah, well, the, the the classic example in America of the uh, uh, the lockdown mentality would be New York, uh, and it was bound up with with atheism. The governor is a uh, I, I'm a, I, I'm sure he was baptized a Catholic, but he's uh, ferociously pro-abortion, and he was giving a press conference where he said that uh, 
you know, we're doing this and we're doing that. And then he, he burst out in the middle of the press conference. God didn't do this. We did this. We are the ones that are responsible for fighting the coronavirus. So it, it comes down to this. Once again, it's like atheism versus belief in God. And that will be, you can tell whether you're going to have a lockdown or not by the attitude that the people in charge have toward religion. Well, yeah, the non-religious people tend to rely more on, on mainstream media and let's say on the experts. And let's say the more religious around here uh, are holding their their views a bit reserved about anything, anything that comes out of the media, of the mainstream yeah. media at least. Yeah. So you have yeah. so you have that kind of relationship. Yeah. Good, Tony. It's been great talking to you. Well, I'm, I'm going to post this on my on my website so that nobody knows about this story. Nobody's heard about this over here, so we'll get the the news out over here. No, that, that's unfortunate. I think I, I never looked at uh, never looked for it in in uh, in uh, international media, but I I'm, I know I saw one one report about it in on Al Jazeera, and that's that's about it. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we then we do the, the yoga the yoga talk next time. Okay, good. Thanks, okay. Sonny. Mike, thank okay. you. Okay. Bye bye. -bye.